Hello and welcome to Across the Cemetery. This is part two of our Vampires episode, which you will have heard the first episode on Halloween. I'm going to pass over to Emma, who's going to carry on her tales of vampires. Right, okay. Sorry that we were sick. Um, I think it was because we started speaking about vampire curses and that that we got possessed by the vampire curse. The Brown family came back to us. If you if you heard that in the last story, if not, you should. Why not you heard the last story? Exactly, you should have. <laughs> we're still a bit sick, but we're soldiering on for you guys. Um, so moving on from my last episode, which I could still talk about, but I think we're gonna have to do a few vampire episodes, aren't we? A few vampire episodes. Yeah. Maybe specific vampires. Yeah. Like a specific tale. So in this episode, I'm going to talk more about the modern vampire. The 2022 vampire, the Delta Varian vampire, the Liz Truss vampire. That's past now because he's not Prime Minister anymore. Who's our Prime Minister? Rishi Sunak. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what comes into your head when I say modern vampire? Is there an accountant or is there an architect? <laughs> I'd imagine. So, so, do you think anyone could be a vampire? No, I think. Most people are too lazy to be vampires. So what? when I think of modern vampires, I think about that Dark Taurus episode that we watched. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think I do. So I'm going to be touching on what he went when he studied, um, but not in like an hour and a half episodes type. So I might be too deep here, but I think that you would enjoy this. I think you've got a few clever things to say about this. Okay. Um. Does a, does a vampire need to be a blood-sucking, undead thing? Or could it be, like, the media or society? I think a lot of it's the media and society, but then aren't vampires primarily, don't they live off blood? Is that not their thing? Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, is, does it have to be blood, or is it just, like, taking the life force from someone? So, like, uh-huh. if you think about, like, the current situation with, like, the rising gas prices... <sighs> Could that be like... Are you just getting political now? Could, yeah, could that be like metaphorical blood-sucking? Yeah, definitely. So I watched um, the newest episode of American Horror Story. I think it's not the newest episode now. I think there's a new one, another one. This one's called Double Feature anyway. When I was researching this topic, they had a few interesting concepts and they explored substance abuse and that in order to be truly successful, you must make dark sacrifices. They take these pills called the Muse Pills. They give you all the talent, the glory, and they make your dreams come true. But they make you crave human blood. So then it shows other people who have taken these pills, but they've been they've became addicted, but they don't have the the nice side effects such as um, Fame talent. And yeah. So they just like they lose the prospects and they become a shell of what they used to be due to taking these tablets. But they still seem to crave human blood. So I thought that that hinted at like society, the go- and the government, and that can give you a sense of euphoria, but then they can just take it away in the blink of an eye, and you're always left craving more. But does that not sound like a lot of drugs in general? Like the it's it's made to look really cool, and like you'll get everything you want. Yeah. Not necessarily on social media and and stuff like that, and maybe certain films they make drugs look like. You'll you'll be able to you'll be able to be the person you want to be when in reality you just get addicted to them and then end up yeah 
in bad situations. Yeah, but not everyone ends up in bad situations. So, what do you like? Do you think that could be like a metaphorical thing? Like, this is gonna be too deep. But like, even like the like the Stuarton Monkey song, like all you people are vampires, and they they literally just take them. They're talking about the media in that song, so I think like vampires is like a like a created aspect. I don't think you next really need to be sucking blood to be a vampire. You just need to be wanting something from somebody. Yeah, that's what well, I that's, think. That's most people, then. Yeah, well, we all we all crave like a sense of belonging or a sense of success in some form, don't we? Yeah. Okay. True. So I think that they could be considered vampires in a way because they're willing to drain somebody for their survival in a way, aren't they? Like the government. So uh, I know it's very government heavy. This one, isn't it? It is. It, you I think it's because my Hancock's in the jung the jungle. <laughs> Oh, right. Anyway, moving on. We'll actually talk about superstition stuff now. So I promised you I'd get you a definition of vampire last week, didn't I? Yeah. So this is from MiranWebster.com, which lovely Google signposted me to. The definition of a vampire is the reanimated body of a dead person believed to come from the grave at night and suck the blood of persons asleep. But that is the first one. They've also got two another part so 2a is one who lives by preying on others and 2b is a woman who exploits and ruins her lover sorry <laughs> a woman who exploits and ruins her lover <laughs> okay so see even marima webster Marianne webster is on the same wavelength as me Marian. no it's it's m-e-r-r-i-a-n okay that's not important. <laughs> um, I can get behind the second one because that's, although it's a bit broader, it's a bit more applicable and can be used to describe, for example, the story we talked about in Krakow yeah. in the last episode. He would then be a vampire. Yeah. Because that's, that's it's not so old that we can we can verify that they them things all happened. Yeah. But he liked bloods as well. That might have just been sort of not a perk, I saw, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean, like um, a nuance to him. But just there are some people who like blood, though, isn't there? We'll move on to that because I, I'm touching on that in a second. Okay, well, you brought that up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start with an introduction about what I found about real vampires and the community of modern vampire vampires. So vampires. Yeah, that's vampires that can fly. <laughs> oh, do you reckon you'd have to pay for your baggage on that though? Yeah, they charge you through the nose. <laughs> they, they drain your blood for it. Yes. Okay. Vamp- so, when I've done some digging, I've concluded that vampires are real. Okay. And is that it? That's the end of the episode. Yeah, episode ended there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, you can ignore what I said last week about them not being real. They walk among us. Not the type that will just fuck off into a bath or the ones that live forever. But some are fan don- fang-donning <laughs> nocturnal entities that require a spot of blood and a certain type of energy to survive. Throughout my research, I have seen that real vampirism is not what you stereotypically think when you are asked about a vampire. I.e. what I asked you the other day, like dark clothing, coffins... I think, I can't remember what else you said, to be honest. 
You said like leather clothing from like Buffy or something, didn't you? Something like that. Of, of course, that sort of attire is appealing to them. It would be appealing to anyone. But a real vampire is no different to your average person. Firstly, there's there's no biting involved. And they've advised that it is neither safe nor sanitary. And the neck is not the favoured spot. Modern vampires also get their blood from inch-long incisions made by a sterilised scalpel on a fleshy part of the body so that it doesn't scar. Though the vampire may suck it up directly from the source, medically trained people usually perform the procedure and the donors of the blood don't have to just consent, but they also have to provide health certificates to prove that they do not have any blood-borne diseases. Apologies if you heard a horn then. It's an inconsiderate truck going past (laughs) or sitting outside just blowing his horn. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Does he have a consent form? (laughs) Any medical diseases we should be aware of. (laughs) Right. Let's head over to New Orleans. A lot of my research led me to New Orleans, so I'm just going to focus primarily on New Orleans-based vampires. That place is on my ultimate bucket list, and I'm dying to go to the French Quarter and visit Bourbon Street and Marie Laveau's house. We We would need to go just to discuss voodoo and obviously vampires. It would be for the good of the podcast, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's the only reason we're going out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, New Orleans is obviously known for its dark magic and voodoo, but it has a large history of vampire lore. This seemed to be heightened by Anne Rice's interview with the vampire book. We've previously viewed... <laughs> yeah, the film reviews. It's on? Yeah, it's out. Don't listen to it. If you haven't listened to it, why don't you listen to it? We're going to review the, the programme one day as well, maybe. It's, yeah, I think it only came out, wasn't it? I think there's like five episodes already, you know. And I want to read the book. Anyway, there's a shop there called Boutique de Vampire. Vampire, but it's vampire with a Y, just because you obviously can't see me notes. That's so that's Why a good... Why is it got a Y? Like, I don't know. I should have probably looked into that, but... Well, you made a big thing about it having a Y, and then didn't kind of tell me why it has a Y. I don't know why, but I found that they write vampire with an I or a Y. And I need to look into that as well. I think it might have anything to do with the French descent. I was just going to say that, do you reckon? Because a lot of the French people went to New Orleans. Like, you had the casket girls who came from France. And they got married off to lords. And they're known for casket girls Mm. because they had the the clothes in a casket. I don't know if there's a Latin influence. So, like, sort of voodoo side of things. Yeah. Side of things. Yeah. We could do an episode on New Orleans once we go there. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk more vampires again. It is. <laughs> so the community of vamp- there are communities of vampires in New Orleans. The real vampires are people who consume both a human and animal blood, but also there are some who absorb psychic energy. Those who stick to just blood are known as sanguinarians. I don't know if I've said that right. Don't hold me to it. And the energy drinkers are called psych- psychic vampires or psy vampires. Psy vampires for short. And the energy drink drinkers are called Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> they can also they can be a mixture of both, and then they are known as hybrids. Do you have a joke about? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is said that if you do not, if they do not feed on blood or energy, then they begin to feel weak and lethargic. 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 How do you say? Lethargic. Lethargic. <laughs> <laughs> 
So one of the most popular fart. French fart. <laughs> Lestras <laughs> de la Cruz. <laughs> okay, so one of the most popular names that I came across when looking into this topic was Belfazar Ash Shantison. Ozar for short. He is one of the founder members of the New Orleans Vampire Association, which is also known as MOVA. He has expressed that he feels vampire he feels certain vampire-based televised television programs or films can paint his community in a bad light. He stated that people come in with expectations of amazing powers and then find out that we are just normal people trying to get by. So I thought we could talk about Nova for a bit. Okay. I assume, well in fact I know that there will be other vampire associations around the world, but it would have took me hours to write a bit about everything, so we're just going to be New Orleans today. I'd love to see the conference of that. Like, do you know where all the associations get together? Wait. Okay, sorry. Um, so, NOVA was founded in 2005. It's an association of various houses of self-identified vampires. The founders are defined vampirism as a sociological condition where the person who has it is lacking the ability to create specific energies needed to get through daily events, like getting out of bed, getting dressed and go to, going to work. So he advised that there are several categories of vampires, and he said he he identifies himself as a sangu- sanguine vampire. So he drinks blood, but he has donors who provide the said blood. Nova was created in order to offer structure and support for the vampire community, but they also provide educational and charity services. So I found that they, you know, like um, after Hurricane Katrina, they done a lot, like raised a lot of like money for people who'd lost their homes and done food banks for them and everything. The definition of vampirism sounds a lot like depression. Yeah, so I think what they're saying, yeah, it does actually, because they can't get out of bed or go stretched or rest or go for work. They can't get the energy to do things. Yeah, so that's what they're saying, that if they don't have blood, they they lack this energy. Sorry, one of the definitions was just draining energy yeah. of, any, of any kind, not necessarily blood. So to them, the energy is blood. They have to have blood, or can they drain energy in a different way? Well, some of the, some of them, the psych vampires... They, they can feed off certain energies. Right. But Zar, the founder, is a blood drinker. Okay. So he needs blood. So there's like different levels of, I want to say intensity, but maybe that's not the right word. Um, maybe it's like allergies, like different allergies. Okay, so according to Nova, you become a blood drinking vampire due to your allergies. Yeah. And but... not being able to go to work. I hate going to work. I don't want to drink blood though. No, not really. <laughs> but they also um they have little ha- they have different houses of vampires in that in the thing. So like you know like not like the Tudors or like the House of Dragon, but kind of like the Tudors and the House of Dragon. They've got different families. Gryffindor. Like yeah, like Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. I nearly joined one by mistake. Do you want to research? <laughs> and that's from a card details spell, so no one ever. <laughs> Ironically, trying to drain your bank right. <laughs> Okay, so, self-identifying vampires use several terms to describe their unconventional lifestyles, such as feed, which means to drink blood. But we are quite familiar with that. I'd say that was in a lot of films, isn't it? Like, yeah, they familiarised us with that one. Yeah. And I don't know what else you'd call it, really. Just drinking blood. <laughs> is what it is. 
Divorces are fires that those who are awakened or coming out of the coffin is when one realises that they are in fact a vampire. So they use the phrases awakened, awakened or coming out of the coffin. Oh, so right. So like one person okay. to realise they're a vampire. You know, like if you come out of your gay, I guess. Yeah, I get what you mean. I thought you meant like this was a hat to experience it. One day they just wake up and get out of the coffin. <laughs> and like, that's it. I was like, oh, fuck's sake, I'm a vampire now. <laughs> Those who've been vampires for longer are known as elder vampires, and those who voluntarily provide their blood for meal times are known are known as donors. Meals on wheels. Meals on wheels. <laughs> okay, so now there are obviously various typecast characteristics attached to vampirism, but consuming human blood is not advisable. Modern vampires have stated that their cravings are not voluntary. There's something, and it is something that they're born with. It's not always a sexual thing. Granted, it can probably be, it probably can be, and I'm sure certain fetishisms overlap, such as Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, who actually were warned by Zar, who's the co-founder of Nova, um, to take proper precautions before drinking their lover's blood, and they need to test for presential um, diseases. So don't do this at home unless you take the proper precautions. Human blood can not only carry diseases such as hepatitis or HIV, it can also include dangerous quantities of iron. The Zar, is it the Zar or his name is Zar? His first name's Belfazar, so okay. it's Zar. I like how he's a medical expert, and that just screams modern vampire. Have we seen that on the Dark Taurus though? Um, the Dark Taurus actually became a donor, but he had to have a certificate and then they had to, like, someone had to drain the blood. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about Father Sebastian. As I don't think you can mention New Orleans vampires without mentioning him. I followed him on Instagram a while ago, but looked further into him when I researched real vampires. From what I can find, he has been active in the vampire community since 1992. He is a fangsmith, an author, and the organisation of the Endless Night Vampire Ball. The Endless Night Vampire Ball began in 1998, and it is hosted by Father Sebastian and the Cybertooth Clan. The Endless Night Vampire Ball are masquerade-themed balls held in over Halloween weekend in New Orleans. It is described as a Venetian masquerade ball meets a vampire court with the energy of a rock concert and the elegance of a burlesque cabaret. So yeah, as mentioned above, Father Sebastian is a fangsmith. So you can get custom 3D printed fangs on sabertooth.com but you can also go and get them fitted by Father Sebastian in New Orleans. He started off in a shoe shop, and then he, and then he started doing de- dental work. So he knows how to do. He knows okay, how to do. So yeah, he does have a good idea of what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you about it, Father Sebastian. Now, his name is Sebastian Van Houten, and all you need to do to join his clan is go through the rite of transformation. That's what he calls it. Um. So you get your first pair. Hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and you get your first pair of custom pants custom fangs from him so they are a, a pair of temporary teeth caps made of acrylic the same material used for dentures but he is also a living vampire he grew up in new york, new york city and he said the fangs fang smithing is one of those things that just fell into his lap as a child he loved the supernatural and horror movies but he said that the introduction to real vampirism was through his mother who told him about Anne rice's novels he was 13 years old at the time 
Several years later, he found himself looking for a fangsmith to get his first pair of fangs because his first love had requested to go to their high school prom as vampires. He wore the new fangs to his job at a speciality shoe store and the dentist spotted them and suggested that they should go into business together. So after 19 months of making dentures and caps and bridges with this dentist, the business fell apart. But Van Houten, Father Sebastian, began hooked on vampirism and the culture and the fangs. So he set up a shop in East Village in New York in 1994. He was first working out, out of a popular golf club at the time, which was called The Bank. His first customer was his mother, obviously. <laughs> She's the brood of 1994, he said. And a brood is the year you receive your first pair of fangs, he said. So it, it functions like apparently like your graduation year. Right. So you literally say, like, class of 1994. Okay. She's like a brood of 1994. So now, when he is fitting fangs, he warns people at the beginning, if you look in the mirror, I will not finish, and I'm not refunding you your money. He advised that the experience has brought suspense, mystery, and a final unveiling that is usually accompanied by a snarl, giggle, or growl. And then he makes his customers promise to not look in the mirror before, and then before any fang making can begin a customer must perform a pledge a pledge which hold where they hold their arms in the in the air with their hands in the rock and roll like what what the devil horn type no, like rock and roll there it is and you have to say by the power of father sebastian i will not eat with my fangs on by the power of father sebastian i will not sleep with my fangs on I will smoke and drink with my fangs on and I will have crazy, amazing sex with my fangs on. This all sounds like such a big gimmick. <laughs> do you think? Do I think? <laughs> yes, I do. I, I don't think Nova was. I feel like the teeth fingers. Yeah, they're, they're a bit more serious. He just sounds like a businessman who's escalated this denture implant business to, the, oh, wow, right, okay, if I make really long vampire teeth, I'll sell them to people includes a bit of a ritual and now it's you're about to tell me how much they are um i didn't find an exact price because they're customy customized but you can buy them on the website for a hundred dollars but they're not like custom ones then that's a lot less than i thought it'd be they're probably more if he has to fit them though aren't they i'd imagine so but he has the vampire ball as well okay where does the father come from i don't know to be honest it doesn't say I don't know if it's because he has to do that ritual or... Because he, he considers himself like the head of this... Yeah, like the head of the vampire. He, he's, just, he's just known as father now. I don't know. The head of his own syndicate. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not sure on him. It sounds too businessy. The other one sounds really serious and like it's a medical issue rather than it's a choice. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's, it's like he said, his, his mum showing him the vampire trilogy thing yeah he just sort of got into it at a young age yeah carried it on found a bit of a hobby in it and then went into business yeah and it's just escalated it ever since okay so he advised that there is no commitment to this and it's not like a cult where you have to join and do all these things people come and get fangs and they have an awesome experience and then they wear their fangs once in a while he said there are some people that do it full time however others do it temporary too such as six months leading up to Halloween, and then after Halloween, they take them off and go back to their normal life. Still quite a commitment, six, six months. Six months, I know. He said, so he is aware that 
vampirism and goth are quite... You know, hand in hand. Yeah. Well, he said that goth is about death, music and morbidism. Morbidism. Morbidness. Yeah, morbidness. Okay. But he said that his saber-toothed clan are very much about living. So he thinks that vampirism is a celebration of life and finding those things that make life a bit more special. So he thinks the fangs really are the elements of making life special. What? I can tell by your face you're thinking. <laughs> At this point, I'm just starting to think that any person can, because vampirism or va- being a vampire doesn't really have a set definition as such. Anyone's just adopted it at this point and just given it whatever they want as a definition. Yeah, well, it it's... could be different to any another person. Like, what's what's normal to the fly is chaos to the spider. And that's the other way around. What's normal to the spider is chaos to the fly. Yeah, but he just makes fangs and parties. <laughs> and, then, and then said it's about being alive. And then we haven't actually said about... Whereas it. the other guy is like, yeah, I can't get out of bed in the morning, so I'm a vampire. Yeah, and he does stuff for charity. You might do stuff for charity, don't know. Yeah, well, he said that his fans have became a way to connect people with simple interests, similar interests in the dark arts. So he said the community is a result of those people interacting. He said the connect with the connection being my fans. So he thinks that his fans draw people together like a hobby or like a sports club connects people. A vampire social network. Yeah, because you would see them, wouldn't you? And people are gonna talk. It's a talking point, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely will be. He says when asked about vampirism, it's really genuine. It's not that they all drink blood and think they can turn into bats. It's got a real family vibe to it. Sets of fangs for all the, all the kids. He also advised to Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly to a blood withdrawal. Cause then they said that they drink each other's blood and do all these weird shit. And he said it should only be done by medical professionals. That was it. He didn't go on like. I think that this is more like a, a public indemnity insurance situation that these these vampires are saying that now. What do you mean? Like, if you're gonna drink blood, make sure you do it. But um, make sure the blood's tested. Make sure the person's clean before you drink it. Make sure a medical professional withdraws the blood and stuff yeah. like that. People have been drinking their like lovers' blood for a while. Though remember Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton? Didn't they get married and then they 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 wore like blood around the neck as well? I have no idea. I'm sure they did. And she had a Billy Bob tattoo as well. It doesn't make you a vampire to get that, like, but... Definitely doesn't, no. I've got tattoos. Am I a vampire? No. When you get up in the morning, do you have fangs? Do you want to join a party? I would like to join that vampire ball. It does sound really good. And they have, a, they have this cocktail that I was going to make, but we don't have cra- um, cranberry juice. So it's um, Chambord. Yeah. Um, red wine. They usually say Cabernet Sauvignon. And um, cranberry juice. You save it over ice. They're just red liquids. Yeah. <laughs> no, Chambord's a bit It's dark. like a deep purple. <laughs> I'm looking at a bottle of it now. But yeah, I was going to make it. We've got we've got red wine and we've got Chambord, but we don't have cranberry juice, so you can have your cherry Coke. <laughs> Other Cokes are available. <laughs> One of the BBC, you know. <laughs> you can't say what you want. <laughs> There you have it. Vampires are real. What do you think? I think that a major question needs to be asked because them two examples from New Orleans, Zar and um, Father oh, Sebastian. Yeah. Zar started his group in 2005. Yeah. 
and as far as the bastard was 1998 when he went to New Orleans and started his. He was in business before, but yeah, no, he, so yeah, he started his party in 1988. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, he party started his, in 1998. I follow a lot of them on um, Instagram as well. Like, there's a lot of vampires on Instagram. Um, I'm just cleaning my glasses and going, um, and they all are, they love it. They're into it, like New Orleans and their parties. They look yeah, mad. just want to party and wear fancy dress. Yeah, but the, that's what a Halloween more, party is, though, isn't it? More power to them, fair enough, but... Yeah, I like... Do, I you like have, to... do you have to call yourself, like, a vampire family or clan? The, the point I was making was the very recent, in the grand yeah. scheme of things. So we used to talk about vampires. In the first episode, we talked about a few stories, or a couple of stories, were from, like, 1600s, 1700s, and then the 1800s, I believe. Yeah, and then the vampire. One was, one was the, the 60s. Cow, yeah, yeah. So they've got a, a bit of history, or more history, mm-hmm. than these real life vampires, which only seem to have popped up in the past 30 years or so. Yeah, and it all seems to be after Anne Rice's novel and um, after the New Orleans based film. Yeah, so I know New Orleans had a lot of voodoo. Yeah. History in it, a lot of sort of. It does have dark magic and everything. Yeah, definitely. But like you say, do you think potentially these people are very, very influenced by the media? Yeah. Or, or Anne Rice's books or films or anything. It just seems to be very convenient. So, why do you think that. Do you reckon it's the internet that more people have became like known? Or do you reckon there's always been there's probably always been like goth vampire like parties though. Yeah, but was it just the reserve of fancy dress Halloween? Yeah. Costumes. So, yeah, this probably gives them more of like a. This is more of a lifestyle. It's yeah. not a. It's not just a one-off you do for a party one evening, once a year. Yeah. These people, apart from Father Sebastian, who says it's not a lifestyle, but then it requires you to wear them for six months of the year. He said it can be a lifestyle, but you just go, you can dip in and out of it. He said someone group, someone went, went, went got fan, fans fitted, then they had a baby and were in a vampire for a bit, and then once the baby had grown up, they came back to being a vampire. <laughs> can you not be a vampire if you've got a child? Maybe he didn't want them to be a vampire. But why? Maybe the vampire is going to choose you. <laughs> it might do, actually, though. I think it is quite cult-like, though, you know. It does sound it. It does sound it, especially with... It's a different type. Even if it's not human blood and it's animal blood. Yeah. It's tough because I like the description or the definition that it's just a draining of energy. So it can be any energy. It doesn't have to be blood. You'd be a psych vampire then or whatever the piss is. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not like everything pretty much a vampire because well, going to work drains my energy. That's what I was saying about before, like the media and um like the the government and bills and stuff, they could be seen as like vampires. Yeah, so I think these vampire groups need to come together and make a set definition because something tells me the Father Sebastian isn't a true vampire in the definition that Tsar would say a vampire is and vice versa. Yeah, because Zara said you don't have to like dress up or wear fangs or anything. You just, it's like, you don't choose to be a vampire. Yeah. Sebastian seems to be more of the... Like a Chevy vampire. Yeah, 
don't look at me, I'm dressing like a vampire. And Zara seems to be the more I'm taking in books I need to because I can't, can't bother going to work. Yeah. But I feel like um, there might be an illness that you that you do lack blood, but it might just be that they're lacking like iron or something and that they're craving that. But is it not dangerous to drink blood? Yeah, but I mean like maybe they need like certain things like you know where like I don't know, like this was this is a bad example, but our cat used to eat cat litter and when I asked the vet about it she said that she's lacking some minerals or salt in her in a diet and that might be why she's doing it. So maybe they're lacking a part of iron. I feel like it can be gained much, much easier. I know that they make iron tablets. <laughs> yeah, but it's not goth, is it? <laughs> We'll mash it up and put some red food colouring <laughs> So do you not think vampires are real? I think they can be real. I just don't understand why they're drinking blood. Because, I, like I've mentioned, I like the idea of them draining an energy force. But why is it blood? Because in this day and age, if it's for nutrition value, it can be gained elsewhere yeah. much more quicker more cost efficient. You don't need blood donors or medical certificates. Yeah. I just don't really get it. This might be like a little um it could not just sexual, but it could just be like a like a like a way to belong and something they like doing though. Yeah. Well maybe. Maybe that's how it started. Like one person did have like these desires or something. How, how would you would... voice that though? <laughs> Well, obviously, they've done it very well because there's a group of them now. <laughs> I hope we don't get like a cease and desist from Father Sebastian because you called him a phony. <laughs> I called him a phony and said he's a vampire in his own right because he's made his definition. So I could say, I'm a vampire now because I own this particular coloured bars. You and don't own that bars, though. <laughs> Tomorrow. Oh, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> kill me off. <laughs> Carry on. No one else can be a vampire unless they have a very, very similar vase. Yeah. So. And that's my definition of being a vampire. That seems to be the way the vampire world is at the moment. I also have my doubts in the way that they only seem to have started in the 90s onwards. Yeah. They, prob- they probably did start sooner. But why isn't it documented? I feel like something like that would be documented somewhere, somehow, some way. There's books on serial killers. There's books on ghosts. There's yeah. books on absolutely every topic there is in the world. I'm sure there is a book on vampires somewhere. It's Why isn't it very mainstream, though? Why haven't we heard of it? I think they just don't want to talk about it much because they don't want to be shunned. I don't think that would be the case, though, because the, the pastimes and hobbies and lifestyles that there are in the world that voice them very loud and very proud, and, and as long as you're not hurting anyone else, so you should. Yeah. Well, why would they? I mean, technically they are hurting someone by the scalpel, but that involves you think. They do it on the non-fleshy part, though, so there's no scars, so it's just about getting a blood test or donating, really. Yeah, so they're doing it in their own way. They're voluntarily doing it. Yeah. I'm sure that if, if it has happened before the 90s, that's how they did it for a long time. So, so why not? They probably didn't do it as clean if they'd done it in the night, like from now, like from earlier on. Yeah, maybe not. But even then, I, because due to the lack of evidence, yeah. it, it perplexes me. <coughs> I don't understand why. So I think they're real. I just don't think that they need blood. I think, 
feel like the community's real, but that's like witches. Witches of witches can be real, but they're not like the ones that like ride the broomsticks and everything. But I think you can't identify as a witch, just like you can identify yeah. as a vampire. Yeah. No, oh, of course can. I'm not saying that's not a thing at all. I'm just going by their definitions. They're just starkly different. So like Dracula. Well, they've all got sort of similarities here, here and there, but one of them just seems like a, a businessman who likes to party. Yeah. And the other one does seem like what you'd call a vampire, but to me, his definition sounds a lot like depression. Yeah, it does sound like depression. And I don't know, maybe in his mind, blood is the answer. I don't see how it can be, though. So that's what Emma's found out about vampires in the real world. Just in New Orleans. That's where they all seem to live. Yeah. But going forward, we might do some more episodes on vampires because I think that's like sort of the tip of the iceberg for them. I think they'll be... I feel like you just, there's like a rabbit hole though. Like you wouldn't be able to just focus on one. I mean, like today I've focused on like the New Orleans vampires, but I feel like there's more. Like I know there's like a group in Buffalo or something, but... I just think if we just spoke about them and then spoke about New Orleans, it would have been too much and they probably have different views as well. And Yeah. Know. And Father Sebastian wouldn't have linked in. And... You don't have to justify what you've written. No, I'm just all, saying... All, all I'm trying to say is I'm we're just... probably going to do more episodes on them at some point in the future where we'll delve into... So, what do you call the group of vampires? A coven of vampires? No, it's witches. A... What do you call a group of bats, even though we know they don't turn into bats? I don't know, actually. A flock? No, not a flock. They call them houses, don't they? Because they've got... Will we explore different houses of vampires then? Yeah. I'm currently reading Dracula, so do we want to do what Dracula was based on? Oh, yeah. You briefly touched on that in the first part, didn't you? Yeah, it's in the... um, It's in the... No. The bloopers, because I couldn't say the word. (laughs) Okay, yeah. If you listen right to the very end of part one, you'll hear it. But thank you very much for listening. Um, you can reach us by email if you like at acrossthecemetery at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at AXTheCemetery. We are on Instagram at acrossthecemetery. And we are on TikTok at AXTheCemetery. It's almost like I can remember all of them now. We don't have Facebook. We might do one day. Probably not. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye. They've advised that this is neither safe nor sanitary, and the neck is not the fit. Those who just stick to blood are known as the Sangornarians, and I've probably said that wrong, so I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it in the bio thing. Sangornarians. Yeah, I'll probably go with Sangornarians. Okay, so that's it. Oh, I'm glad they didn't just bite into them. They don't bite. The, the neck is not the preferred part and you don't have to bite it. Choose with a scalpel. We're not listening 10 seconds ago. I didn't listen, yeah. <laughs> just making conversation. I do apologise. Carry on. <laughs> and why are they all American? Yeah, I couldn't actually find any English vampires, to be honest with you.
they wish party better. The Americans.